Welcome to Test Rack Podcast, where we unlock your power to innovate. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be your host today. Test Rack's mission is to empower airmen, connect them to resources, and accelerate change across the Air Force logistics enterprise. Specifically, our team works as an innovation accelerator assigned to the Air Staff Logistics Directorate, where we partner with airmen to operationalize the new sustainment strategy. In this episode, we did a deep dive on CBM Plus with the RSO. All right, here we go. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris, and, and how you ended up at the RSO. Yeah, so uh, my name is Chris Damani, uh, the chief of the CBM Plus program office. I've uh, been doing Air Force acquisition program management uh, by trade uh, for almost 13 years now. Uh, started as a, an intern back in 2009, um, had a few assignments, um, uh, simulators, uh, small mobility aircraft, uh, and then eventually got to ISR Soft, where, uh, where I'll say I really learned to be a program manager and a leader, uh, working uh, the MQ-9 program uh, and the, the ground control stations uh, for that weapon system. Uh, I was there for five years, uh, moved on to uh, F-22, which was a really great experience, uh, being part of uh, a wonderful program um, that uh, uh, and just really had a great opportunity to uh, work on uh, the the, wor- the world's uh, uh, premier stealth fighter, um, um, which was a really great experience, modernizing that aircraft and and, and ensuring that uh, uh, we have that uh, strategical advantage uh, at at our disposal. And then uh, then I moved here to the RSO. Um, um, actually, uh, promoted into this position, so it was, so it was good uh, good for me career wise, but. Uh, uh, got the call and was told I was going to be leading uh, the CBM Plus program. And my first question was, what is CBM Plus? Right. So uh, here I am selected uh, to run a program where I have, uh, you know, uh, no no knowledge or insight into the in, into what even uh, CBM Plus stood for. Right. So uh, but but here I am a couple years later, uh, have definitely learned a lot and have become, uh, <clears throat> I guess, perhaps one of the uh, Air Force's subject matter experts on CBM Plus. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, my my career in a nutshell uh, over the past uh, thirteen years or so. So, what is CBM Plus? Was your first question. It's also my first question. What is CBM Plus? <laughs> I guess my second question, technically. Yeah, actually, my first question was, how am I supposed to lead a program where I don't know what it is? And then my second question was, okay, what is CBM Plus? Um, yeah, so CBM Plus, Condition-Based Maintenance Plus, um, is is performing maintenance predictively based on the evidence of need. Um, so um, predictive maintenance, uh, essentially. Uh, we have two ways of doing so, um, two, I'll say, products or technologies um, uh, that, we, that we have fielded. Uh, one is uh, Enhanced Reliability Centered Maintenance, ERCM, uh, and that is uh, essentially uh, a prediction, right? It's a prediction of failure based on uh, historical uh, maintenance events. So uh, what we do is we take uh, the decades of historical maintenance data uh, and utilize machine learning technologies uh, to create uh, failure distributions. and. Um, <clears throat> we're able to create a failure forecast uh, based on uh, historical performance of a particular component. Uh, another, uh, in addition to ERCM, we have sensor-based algorithms. Um, so ERCM is the prediction aspect of, of CBM Plus, 
uh, sensor-based algorithms is is the detection-based um, uh, component of CBM Plus. So uh, sensor-based algorithms is pulling sensor data off of aircraft and um, and utilizing that data to identify uh, degradation in a component. Um, so whether it's a sensor-based approach or using the historical maintenance data to create a, an ERCM um, forecast, um, at the end of either of those technologies or pathways or whatever you want to call them, it's it's we're producing an alert that um, <clears throat> that is provided to the maintainer so they can perform a maintenance action predictively uh, based on an evidence of need uh, so they can be proactive with their scheduling and performance of that maintenance action instead of having to be you know reactive uh, to a failure mm -hmm. so um, the kc-135 is a, a quote all-in aircraft with cbm plus um, what does that mean like how, what, like how would you describe that to a warfighter yeah so um to kind of describe that i have to uh, take a step back a little bit so um the Air Force has been doing CBM Plus for approximately, you know, six years or so. Um, we've learned a lot through those six years. We, we've had some success and we've learned that the technology utilizing the artificial intelligence, machine learning technologies is scalable uh, across the Air Force, across different weapon systems, different, uh, different parts on those weapon systems, utilizing different data sets, uh, et cetera. We've also learned that the implementation process is scalable as well uh, across a, a, a wide variety of different, uh, different user groups, again, using different data. Um, so we've proven the Air Force can do this, right? Um, however, CBM Plus was a little bit of trying to uh, fit a square peg into a round hole, right? So uh, CBM Plus being the square peg and the Air Force being the round hole. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, we were letting um, we were we were prototyping or initially scaling CBM Plus on parts that were easy to implement the technology on. Um, so what we realized after we started getting questioned on, hey, we're doing CBM Plus, this is great. Uh, we're on 16, 16 different weapon systems. Uh, we're monitoring, you know, uh, hundreds of parts. Um, but why aren't we seeing the return? Right. Um, and it really came down to there are some uh, critical barriers that are prohibiting us from being able to uh, monitor not the parts that we can, but the parts that we should. And but what I mean by the parts that we should is the parts that are really driving downtime on the aircraft. So when you look at a list of top downtime drivers, um, you know, we're unable to implement CBM plus on many of the top parts because there's some underlying reason or underlying constraint uh, that's um, inhibiting our ability to do so. Uh, so what the all-in is, is we chose a platform. So instead of trying to tackle these challenges on, you know, 20 different weapon systems, um, we chose a platform to go all-in on. And our platform of choice was the KC-135. Um, and what our initiative is, is to remove the barriers and enable us to implement a predictive maintenance solution on the top 30 parts, right? So instead of letting the parts choose us, we are choosing the parts in which we want to predict failures on. Um, 
So just to kind of explain a little bit what some of those barriers are. Um, so a lot of our products were, were supply constrained, right? So CBM Plus is naturally going to uh, require more maintenance, right? So um, you're removing a part before it fails. That means you have to remove it earlier in the time on wing, which is naturally going to mean more maintenance actions and more supply required. So, um, you know, one of the one of the areas that we have to look at is we have to make sure that our our supply posture is sufficient to support the increased demand uh, that CBM Plus is driving um, uh, on our inventory. Uh, another area is a lot of our um, you know high failure components are complex avionics where um, they have a test and repair concept, meaning you pull a part off of an aircraft, uh, you 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 send it back to the depot, uh, and the depot puts it on a test stand, and then the test stand tells you what's wrong with it, and then you fix that, right? So in CBM Plus, the part hasn't failed yet, right? So you're pulling a part off before it fails. If we send it to the depot, then they put it on a test stand, and it's going to retest okay, and then um, worst case scenario, that part gets put back on the shelf, even though we know it has limited uh, life remaining. So, um, you know, those are just a couple areas. Um, the, the other that I would just emphasize is, is overall just component reliability. So uh, CBM Plus requires, um, you know, some level of um, sufficient reliability, uh, I, would, I would call, because you can't have predictability before you have reliability. Um, what we what we see uh, through our data analysis using our machine learning tools uh, is a lot of our parts fail um, very early uh, in its life cycle and its time on wing, um, kind of known throughout the industry as as you know infant mortality or just early failures. Um, we see that a lot, and the problem with that is it's really hard to predict failure on a parts when one you don't have some. Uh, type of, I'll say consistent uh, reliability or consistent failure, or for those parts that have infant mortality, if you were to remove the part early to avoid the majority of failures, you would have to remove the part far too early um, in the life cycle of that part being on wing to where it just would not be sustainable uh, by the sustainment enterprise. There's just not, a, not enough parts in inventory, not enough parts on shelf to do that. So, so Component reliability, you know, test procedures, uh, supply posturing, um, and, and there's just other critical, I'll say, foundational requirements, uh, you know, policies and procedures and training and guidance and and items like that just that are not in place uh, in the Air Force that need to be for us to really get really ma maximize the return on investment that CBM Plus uh, has to offer. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Um, have a couple of uh, airmen submitted questions uh, to ask uh, about CBM Plus. So I'm just going to read these verbatim here. Um, we've heard a lot about CBM Plus, AIML. Uh, you know, Lieutenant General Barry has said that predictive analytics and maintenance is one of the most important things for our sustainment enterprise to leverage. For an airman or pro super in the field, they probably only see the notification that a part needs to be changed. Can you walk us through what happens upstream of a notification uh, in the MIS? So that, uh, or MIS um, for our listeners, can't see it acronym, uh, so that we can better understand what goes on into CBM Plus alerts. Yeah, so that's a that's a good question, and and um, 
you know, I, I kind of covered it a little bit on the last question, um, but you're right. So that there's an education aspect to this, right? So the the maintainer, field level maintainer, they're seeing the alert, right? They're they're you know accessing the system which the alert is published, and they're seeing, okay, you know, somebody at the RSO uh, is telling me I should remove a part now, right? And and why, right? Why should I remove this part? So we have to trust the data, right? So it's important to educate uh, the recipients or the users of that of that alert or that data um, on how we came to that answer, right? Um, so um, r regarding what happens upstream, so so first we, we ingest data, right, into our system. Um, you know, our system um, that, that we call Panda, um, Predictive Analytics and Decision Assistant, um, is, um, is, a, is an artificial intelligence um, uh, tool suite um, that uh, provides us the, the AI and ML capabilities we need to generate the alerts. So, so first we ingest data into our, uh, into our toolkit Panda. Uh, now that data, as discussed earlier, could be maintenance data or it could be sensor data. So just, just for this uh, hypothetical, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, focus on the maintenance data. So we pull that data in. Uh, there's, there's a cleansing aspect to it, right? Because uh, unfortunately, one of our biggest hurdles is our data is not it's not clean, right? There's there's missing fields, um, you know, in, in the data entries. There's there's typos, um, you know. There's there's perhaps even incorrect entries, and that's really what the AI and ML does is it's able to um, it, it it identifies patterns, right? So and based on that pattern recognition, it can identify errors and correct them, right? So um, <clears throat> So that that's that's the data cleansing piece. Out of, after the data is cleansed, then it's uh, the data is analyzed, um, and what that analysis looks like is we have a team um, that uh, runs through some labeling of of, um, uh, of the data, uh, and then once we once we've labeled a sufficient amount of data, uh, that's really where the machine learning comes in. Uh, and based on the data that was manually labeled, the machine uh, we're, we're essentially training the machine learning model to uh, to label the rest of the maintenance records uh, in an automated fashion. So uh, you have to keep in mind, you know, some of the 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 bigger fleets like you know F sixteen that's been around for a while, one part can have literally tens of thousands of maintenance records. So having somebody you know go through and label every single one of those records is just not realistic. So you know, perhaps they label a, a percentage uh, of them manually and then let the machine do the rest for you. Um, out of that produces, you know, uh, essentially statistical outputs saying, you know, based on all of this data that we have, we were able to identify when parts were removed, how long they were on the wing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's how you produce your alert. You know, based on historical performance, this part is most likely to fail at you know, X hours. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the alert that the maintainer receives in the field is is just that, saying, you know, hey, based on historical performance, this part is going to fail at 500 hours, right? The alert that they see, there's a tail number, right? And there's a, there's a part number, a work unit code, and it says this part's been on the wing for, you know, 450 hours. So you're projected to be over threshold in the next, you know, 30 days or, or whatever the case is. Um, so that's, um, that, that's 
I guess kind of the inner workings, that's the behind behind the alert, uh, what's, what's happening with the data. Uh, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of uh, manipulation, a lot of uh, gonculating uh, of the data to get to the point where the uh, where the user is actually seeing the alert for the first time. Mm-hmm. Act, uh, to tie back to Panda specifically, uh, have another uh, Airman submission here. Panda just went live and has a link on the Air Force Portal homepage. As an Airman in the field, what benefit would I gain from signing up for Panda? What can I use? Uh, what can I use it for to support mission execution at the tactical edge? Yeah, so um, I, I would say it really depends on what your role is, right? Um, and 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 what your you know what what your career field is, I suppose. But um, so so Panda is a uh, CBM Plus Enterprise Toolkit, right? So um, uh, there's a lot of focus that goes into the alert. Right, we just talked about that, right? So, you know, where do I receive my alert, and then what do I do with it, right? But you know, there's of there's other functions um, that are required to make CBM Plus work. Uh, one of them I just talked through in the last question, right, with the actual the analysis of the data. So, um, again, depending on what your role is, you may be accessing Panda or want to access Panda for a different reason. So, for a field level maintainer, right, it's it's to access the alert, right? It's where you go to see, um, you know, what parts are getting close to being, you know, at or over threshold, and then how do I use that information to to, you know, schedule my aircraft maintenance proactively, right? Um, so, you know, that's how a, a maintainer or a pro super or whatever would would utilize Panda. It's it's essentially the source of predictive alerts. Um, to an analyst. Uh, we have a, a module or an application uh, in Panda that we call our analyst workflow. And that's actually a, it's a forward facing application in which um, predictive alerts can actually be created. So we've created the, um, we've created the architecture uh, hosted in cloud one to pull in data from Blade um, <clears throat> directly into our cloud one data lake. And then it feeds into Panda. Uh, so literally all the data that someone would need to create an alert is is in Panda. It's there, right? Um, we've created that digital thread. So we've created a forward-facing application where somebody could go step-by-step step through the analysis process to take the data, the data from its raw format into a predictive alert. Now, I don't want to underestimate, uh, well, underestimate is probably the wrong word, but you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's it's easy. Right, but we've we've uh, built the the application, the analyst workflow application, to be um, as easy as possible. So you perhaps don't need a PhD in data science to create uh, a predictive alert. Right. So, uh, given the right skill sets, um, you know, we we want to get to a place one day where we are producing alerts uh, organically instead of relying on. Uh, contractor and industry partners to do so. Um, <clears throat> other reasons, uh, we have another application what, that we call the long, <clears throat> excuse me, a long range supply forecast. And I'm going to take a drink here because getting a little dry. <laughs> Doing great, Chris. <laughs> so we have a <clears throat> we have an application called uh, the long range supply forecast. And I mentioned in one of my earlier questions how one of our critical constraints is is supply. So 
we needed to create the ability to forecast supply um, long range um, <clears throat> based on predictive maintenance activity, right? So we've created this long range supply forecast uh, application where we can essentially uh, look out five years down the road and what is going to be our demand on this part based on a certain level of CBM plus activity, right? So, you know, pick a part, right? Um, you know, any part you want. What's already the planned uh, usage rates for that part? How many parts do I need to go buy? How many do I need to repair on an annual basis, right? Uh, but then you need to add to that, right? Based on how many predictive actions are you gonna take? And then what is that going to do to my supply demand, right? So we've, uh, we've created an application for our partners in, in, in the Air Force Sustainment Center, uh, and, uh, and the supply chain wings to be able to better forecast long range, what is my demand gonna be five years from now? So we can get ahead of the budgeting cycle and they can put in uh, the, the proper request to make sure that you know four or five years from now, the parts that we need to be there, the parts that aren't there today on the shelf will be there in four or five years. Well, good stuff, Chris. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, thanks for having me. Thank you again for listening to Tesseract Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Any references to trademarked, copyrighted, or protected products or services such as books, movies, or businesses are used here for the limited purpose of education and professional development of Air Force Airmen. If you have any questions, please contact us at www.tesseract.af.mil.